defenders, and boy, is it good to be back here in world-famous Monster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California. It might be rainy and gloomy here on Saturday, January 23rd, 2021, but it is never a gloomy day as I sit here in Monster Studios. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and to my left, my partner in pod, the beast from the East Coast himself, Christian Philly Philemon. It is never a gloomy day in Philemonster Studios when the mouth of the South Bay and the beast from the East Coast get together and turn on a microphone. In fact, it is quite sunny here in Philemonster Studios. The oasis that is world-famous Philemonster Studios is shielding us from the rain. Now, Scarf, even though I will be assuming the title of the Beast from the East, yes, sir. in 2021, when I am feeling good about myself, and today, I am feeling good about myself, I will proclaim myself as the toast of the East Coast. Ha <laughs> I'm feeling good about myself. I'm feeling saucy. If I had a polo on, I would pop the collar. We are going to be- For the record, he doesn't have a polo on. He has a bathrobe. A bathrobe. Now I understand why Hugh Hefner always wore one. I've been rocking a bathrobe and slippers all day, and I feel good. Hence, toast from the East Coast. See, everybody else is finding reasons to dress up and look nice during pandemic since they all started out in bathrobes and everything else. (laughs) Philly is diverting back into the bathrobe. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you haven't turned us off yet... We will be bringing you some changes here at Defenders of the Bank. Changes that will propel us upward and upward and upward. Now, it's been a while since we did a podcast. It's been a while. Since we decided to turn these mics up high. Time away was needed. (laughs) Creativity juices needed to be restocked. And more importantly... We wanted to make sure your ears recovered from all the hooting and hollering that we did on episode 135. Although we don't have matches to talk about, a lot has transpired in the world of LAFC, and you are going to hear about it all today. You are defenders absolute, of the bank. You are absolutely right, Philly. It has been a busy few weeks for everybody at LAFC. We are just 23 days into the new year, but boy, a lot has happened so far. That's why we're recording this on January 23rd, 2021. It is rainy outside, but beautiful in here. So much to talk about. We've got the super draft. We've got some signings. We've got some huge moves made by LAFC, and we're finally in Fortnite, even though we can't get our stadium in FIFA 2021. Come on, guys. Let's <laughs> That's a good go. Point. Just want to give a couple of quick shout-outs. First, to our buddy Christopher Gill. A big thank you for the T-shirts and the sweet steins. I mean, those are awesome. You guys will be seeing those on our social media. Congratulations on being a new season ticket holder. And LAFC.NorthEnd on Instagram. Make sure you guys check out their stuff. An amazing table that we had made here at Defenders of the Bank. Lots of cool stuff going on there on LAFC.NorthEnd. But before we get into the all the LAFC goodness that has happened in the last few weeks... We do need to take a second, Defenders, to acknowledge a few huge losses in the Los Angeles community as a whole. On January 7th, Tommy Lasorda, the ambassador of Dodger baseball around the world, passed away at the age of 93. 93. It's safe to say 
that nobody lived their lives more fully than Tommy tried to. The Hall of Famer brought two world championships to the Dodgers, including the iconic title in 1988 and capped his managerial career with a gold medal in the 2000 Olympic Games, leading Team USA over the heavily favored Cubans. And as a 17-year-old, I watched every pitch of that game, and Tommy was prouder of that moment than almost any other in his life. Tommy Lasorda gone at the age of 93. And just 12 days later, we also lost Dodgers great Don Sutton. Sutton, not former teammate Sandy Koufax or Don Drysdale, not even the great Clayton Kershaw. Sutton is the Dodgers all-time leader in wins, strikeouts, and innings pitched. And his 52 shutouts are 37 more than Clayton Kershaw's career title, an absolute titan in Dodger blue. We're recording this episode on Sunday, excuse me, Saturday, January 23rd, a day when we lost another LA icon, unfortunately, Larry King passing away. The Brooklyn native followed his Dodgers out West, where he has been a staple at Dodger games for decades, just to the right of home plate on your TV screen. And look, if you know Philly and I, you know that we love baseball more than almost anything else out there. And yesterday on the 22nd, the world lost the true home run king, baseball immortal, and civil rights icon, Henry Lewis Hank Aaron, transcending the game of baseball. Hank Aaron was one of very few considered sports royalty on this planet. He passed Babe Ruth with a 715th home run of his career against the Dodgers and a moment that was immortalized, of course, with a call by Vin Scully, something that the world has to live on forever. It wasn't just a great moment in baseball history, but it was a pivotal moment for this country and the civil rights movement as a whole. Four legends lost in just two weeks, all with some sort of Los Angeles tie. Rest in peace, gentlemen. Hank Aaron, Larry King, Don Sutton, and Tommy Lasorda. But now it's on to all the LAFC news and notes. Philly, so many different things transpiring for the black and gold. And I think it's safe to say, Philly, that we have fulfilled our biggest need of the offseason. The number one priority is back, as Max would say, back in black on the back line. Now, when you mentioned the whole Tommy Lasorda spiel, you made the comment about heavily favored Cubans. I am going to take a little bit of that and say we signed our heavily favorite Colombian. Yes, the signing of Jesus David Murillo from Independiente Medellin occurred. It's officially official. He was only on loan with us, defenders. Now, people, all of you, messages, I've seen him on Twitter. You were clamoring. You were nervous about whether or not he would be part of this team for the 2021 campaign. I was nervous. But with the team doing video vignettes of him, it only made sense that they would do everything they could to bring him back to the club. Now, with him established and cozy in his position, he's going to add that presence that we desperately need in the back line. As much as I love players like Cheeky, he isn't striking fear in the heart of anybody with the size. Jesus David Murillo is a big, strong kid. Six foot, 190, and he's turning 27 in February. And we need more of people like him. We need an intimidation back there. As far as his time with the black and gold, he started nine games. He started all three CCL matches. And as a result of his play, he was awarded the CCL Team of the Tournament honors because he killed it during the knockout stage of the Regions Tournament. He also had an assist in the match versus the Houston Orange Sodas that led LAFC to clinching their third straight playoff 
in three years. Amazing. He will no doubt be a consistent starter, and that is beyond exciting for our club. Jesus David Murillo cementing himself on our roster and cementing himself in our back line. Look, he has been a difference maker since he got here. Philly, it seems like he's played a lot more than nine matches for LAFC, playing huge minutes. And like you said, what an incredible impact that he made in the CONCACAF Champions League tournament. Easily our best player, I feel like, on that back line. And and again, starting to make up for the loss of Walker Zimmerman and that alpha personality that we are missing back there. And Philly, dare I say we are kind of establishing a pipeline with Independiente Medellin? Me likey. Obviously, Edward Atuesta and now Jesus David Murillo. Oh my goodness. Philly, as anyone who listens to our podcast knows, it has long been a dream of mine to put the U.S. on the crest or on the front of any jersey that I wear. Now, I am no longer an athlete of any kind that would be able to do that, but big ups and props to our man Tristan Blackman, who can now say he is a proud member of the U.S. men's national team, getting his first call-up just three years after being drafted from the University of the Pacific, something that I only knew for Michael Oluwakandi being the number one overall draft pick for the Los Angeles Clippers years and years ago. And Philly, the cool part about Tristan being called into this camp, he was the only player during the initial call that had not yet been called into a cap before. Obviously, he gets to hang out with Walker Zimmerman, and maybe, just maybe, Philly, he's going to be able to play a match against one of the United States' most hated, I don't know if rivals is the right term, but the team that knocked us out of the last World Cup qualifications, Trinidad and Tobago, on the 31st of January at 4 p.m. I don't know if Trinidad knocked us out as much as we knocked ourselves out. But yes, it's going to be really interesting to see how they respond to Trinidad. I hope they see red when they get onto the pitch against them and score as many goals as they scored in their previous affair when they launched six against, what, El Salvador. They had an offensive explosion then. Now, let's transition to the next bit of good news. Kim Moon Juan. When we had our last podcast... That was December 30th. Not in 2021. No, in 2020. In fact, this is probably the longest stretch of time in between episodes that we've probably ever had at Defenders of the Bank. I mean, other podcasts have launched multiple episodes, but we haven't. And that's okay, because we launched a lot of episodes in 2020. We needed a break. We're back. Anyway, we're back, and oh my God, we're going to come out there killing it. Now, Kim (laughs) Moon-Huan wasn't officially official at that point when we last spoke, Defenders. Now he is. So let's look at who he is. 25-year-old right back. Versatile player. He has played right midfield. He's played right winger. He's versatile. He is a TAM signing, not a designated player. Why? Because those slots are taken away. Diego Rossi, Carlos Vela, Brian Rodriguez. TAM, targeted allocation money, is what we utilize to bring him to our club. Now, in terms of his transfer market value... They rate him at about 770000 which That's is That's a lot for an good. MLS player. Right 100% there. it is. His entire career was spent at Busan Eye Park. 105 caps, 8 goals. He's had 11 caps with the South Korean national team. In 2018, he was part of the best 11 in K2. A year later in 2019, he repeated that feat. Best in 11 K2 league. He helped Busan Eye Park get promoted to the 2020 season. He had 25 apps there. He had one goal. However, 
Busan finished in 12th place in 2020 and was relegated back to K2. Now, therein lies somewhat of a concern. Busan I Park finished with the lowest point total in the K-League. Tied, let me correct that. Tied for the lowest point total in the K-League. Although I will say, we had the same concern with Mohamed El Manir. Kim Moon-Hwan was part of a back line that allowed a fair amount of goals. Mohamed El Manir was part of a back line in Orlando City that led in a fair amount of goals. Now, Busan I Park isn't a well-established club in terms of success in the K-League. I'm only saying this to play devil's advocate because I want you to know the full story. I'm excited about him, but I want you to know the full thing. Busan I Park, sixth most successful club in the K-League since it was launched in 1983. They haven't really done anything since 1999. They've got four league titles, I will say, but the last one was won in 97. So that's kind of the story of where he comes from and the club that he has been a part of. But as far as the footage is concerned, the footage that we have seen of him, very exciting player. And I'm going to quote John Thorrington on the next statement. John Thorrington states, and I quote, because John Thorrington stated it, Moon is a dynamic, exciting player who also brings top international experience to our team. He is an intelligent and versatile defender in the prime of his career, and our club and our supporters are incredibly excited he chose LAFC for the next phase of his career. I'm excited about the signing. It'll be very curious to see if he starts right away or essentially how he features. But what I can say is we are finally adding some versatility to our back line. Very excited about this young man, without a doubt. Yeah, Philly, look, I think what's important to know about that statement, and maybe it's John Thorrington kind of helping us read between the lines a little bit, is that he chose us for the next phase of his career, which means there were other clubs out there that wanted him. I think that he's he's an incredibly skilled, incredibly versatile, you've said the word versatile about 15 times already, player First on out, the back 16. line. And <laughs> and I just, I can't wait. I'm a little confused, to be perfectly honest, to see where he's going to fit in. Of course, you know that we have Diego Palacios, we have Cheeky on one side. I thought we were going to have Tristan on the other and now I don't know. Now it could be Moon, it could be Tristan, it could be a combination of the couple. But here's the important thing. Here's what we know. We are likely going to lose players to international duty over the course of this next year. Maybe we lose a guy like Moon. Maybe we lose a guy like Cheeky. Maybe we lose Eddie Segura or Jesus David Maria. We don't know. We got a lot of options on that back line. But here now, we can kind of plug and play and be extremely versatile, which I think leads us, Philly, right into... And by the way, if you haven't seen the movie Train to Busan, it's absolutely incredible. Great zombie movie. Make sure you check that out. But it kind of leads us into our other big signing of the offseason, versatility, the absolute key for what LAFC is trying to do. Corey Baird, the 2018 MLS Rookie of the Year, an award that no longer exists. Now it'll be Young Player of the Year. But a, the Rookie of the Year in 2018, the deal with RSL, he was acquired in exchange for some GAM money. It's about 500000 spread across a couple of seasons, plus an international slot and future considerations. I wish I could do that. Like, hey, I'm going to purchase this, but I'm also going to get future considerations <laughs> in concern. Usually I just have to walk out the door. He has made 90 appearances 
throughout his professional time with Real Salt Lake over the course of all competitions. And he is a guy who is a buy low kind of a target for LAFC, a player who can play all three positions on the front line. He looked great in 2018, but has regressed each season since. But you know what? 2020 was just a screwball of a year anyway. 2019, a little bit out of sorts. And let's be honest, he's getting out of an organization that is also getting out of their racist ownership as well. So I think we're going to see some really good things from Corey Baird in black and gold. Again, if we need to make some changes, maybe we need to get some more bodies forward. Maybe we need to spell somebody for a little bit. Or maybe, I don't know, all three of our DPs who are on the front line go off for international duty. We still have a high-quality caliber player in Corey Baird who can step in and do some things. Now, a lot of people likely are going to look at this as a replacement, quote-unquote, for Bradley Wright Phillips, but I absolutely do not think that is the same thing. Bradley Wright Phillips, while he is an incredible goal scorer of, throughout his entire career, not nearly as versatile as Corey Baird. He does have five call-ups into the U.S. men's national team. And look, Philly, he won three consecutive national championships with Stanford. No small feat. This guy knows exactly what to do. Look, we hated him when he was on RSL. There was a comment he made on his social media, (laughs) and I wrote down the dates. November 2nd, 2018, after we got Demir Krylocked out of the playoffs, he made a comment about... L.A. being good to RSL. Now, of course, that was years ago. But I'm keeping that comment in my back pocket for the time being. You're forgiven, Corey. Wait a minute. Your bathrobe has back pockets? Well, side pockets. How's about that? Screwball oh. in the corner pocket. He's forgiven. But he's, that comment has not been forgotten. However, it's not going to take much, nor will it take long to forget about this. But I will not forget your comments, Corey Baird, from November 2nd of 2018. I'm pretty pumped about you being on the club. I was quite surprised. LAFC Rich was toying with us on social media, Scarf. We're not going to give you his his code and his mnemonic because if you haven't figured it out, you haven't figured it out. But having Corey Baird on our club is very interesting and it's going to be a very good thing. We've got three players up top who probably solidified their starting position. This kid is going to come in hungry, not only to make his presence felt, but obviously to like help the consideration of him getting on the USMNT Again, and he's going to need to battle because Lord knows he is not ready to start over Carlos Vela. He will never start over Diego Rossi. His opportunity would be to usurp Brian Rodriguez from that starting lineup, but it's not going to happen right away. I'm still pretty pumped about Corey Baird. Yeah, Philly, I'm stoked about this other signing as well, although unfortunately it may lead to an end of the friend of the podcast here for LAFC. LAFC picks up Thomas Romero from the Philadelphia Union. We traded $50,000 in general allocation money in exchange for the homegrown rights to the young goalkeeper Thomas Romero. Look, he's a great keeper with a lot of upside. I think that's the fun part, right? He played for Georgetown in the NCAA championship, played with Bethlehem Steel, and I'm not going to lie, that's a pretty sweet name for a team. Bethlehem Steel in the USL. Lots of appearances there. Played with El Salvador's U17 side. And, And as a kid, again, I think this is one of those upside kind of picks. I don't know that he necessarily replaces Philip Ejimadu right away, but we know who our two top keepers are, or at least will be going into next season, obviously, with Kenneth Vermeer and Pablo Cisniega. It's really that third keeper spot 
that has been in such flux for us. I mean, we've had so many different keepers occupying that spot over our first three seasons. Maybe Thomas Romero is a kid where we're able to loan him out. He gets some experience. Philip Ejimato also still really young, but stoked to have this new kid into the fold at keeper, a, another defender of the back line for LAFC in Thomas Romero. And Philly, what I'm really excited about, I love the draft every year, even though it's becoming pretty much less and less significant to most teams in the MLS every single season. But the 2021 Super Draft, Philly, happened just a couple of days ago, and you went on a little bit of a deep dive here. You know, we were talking about the 2021 guys, and you mentioned something that I thought, you know, I'd kind of forgotten about, unfortunately, that our four draft picks from 2020, unfortunately, none of them stuck. No. In fact, we're going to give you a quick review as to what happened and where they went. We kept... Nobody. Not a single Literally one. nobody. Our first round pick, Paulo Pita, he didn't last long. He ended up playing in the USL for North Carolina FC. Our second round pick, and a couple of us were really excited. From the University of Michigan, Jack Hallahan thought he might stick. Sadly, no. He's now currently playing in England, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, for a club called Hednesford Town FC. They're a semi-pro team in the seventh tier of the English Football League. Our third pick, Jorge Gonzalez. He didn't stick around, but he's now playing for Portland Timbers 2 in the USL. And our fourth pick, Yunus Baudati, also in the USL. <laughs> Gesundheit Scarf. Wow. He ended up in Hartford Athletic. Now, out of these four picks, none of them stuck around longer than for a shot of espresso. However, going into this draft... We had a higher pick. So Paolo Pita was really, really late in the first round last year. Why? Because we had the draft from the previous year. We had some high picks, so on and so forth. But Scarf is going to start to get into us. Our draft pick, our first draft pick, he there, there's a decent chance he might stick around. And we're going to get into the reasons why right now. Well, I kind of liked what you wrote when we were talking about the 2021 selections. Would you read the little couple of sentences, if you don't mind, sir? Would you read what you wrote? Yeah, fine, 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 fine. Thank you. I wrote, I have to hand it to Scarf Stradamus. Woo! He nailed this one. He was kind of off in 2020, but he nailed this one in 2021. <laughs> kind of off. <laughs> I assume he might have been one out of practically, I don't know, nobody? A broken clock is right twice a day, by the way. 100%. And if anybody else out there made the prediction... I, I, I'm just going to say you got lucky because there's no way you put in the research that this man to the right of me has. Nobody would have made this prediction. Hours before the draft, he made this prediction. And because Scarf Stradamus is on a high note right now, I'm going to be buying myself a lottery ticket this weekend just to see how accurate he can be. Look, I, I had a feeling. I'm not going to say it was a premonition or a vision or a calling, if you will. But from the very start of this, when I started researching everybody, there were a couple of things that I, I knew going into the Super Draft. A lot of these teams, LAFC included, as they did with two of their three picks, a lot of these teams would be staying local because those are the guys they got to see. And those are the players that wouldn't have to travel and do a bunch of other stuff to join the team. They would already be there. So I thought, let's look at some of the local guys. And there's this kid, Danny Trejo, that caught my eye. And I want to mention something about Danny Trejo that not a lot of other places are talking about. In 2013 or 2014, ESPN did a documentary on the Mendota High School football team from Mendota, California, which is the same city that Danny Trejo is from. 
Mendota is a city that is populated mainly by field workers, and a lot of these are either undocumented or illegal uh, Mexicans that are here working in the field. And, and not just Mexicans, actually. This is a whole Latino community here in Mendota. And these people and this community are some of the hardest working people on the planet. We're talking about waking up well before the sunrise, getting home well after the sun sets, working in the fields, picking things like watermelon and other melons like that. that that's what's around in Mendota. So the work ethic, the type of people that come from Mendota, they know about hard work. And just kind of getting into the backstory of Danny Trejo coming from Mendota, looking to be the beacon for that community there. And again, if you haven't seen this documentary from ESPN, it's on ESPN Plus. Check it out. It's all about Mendota's football team and their coach and a running back from that year. But when I saw that this kid was from Mendota, I knew that nobody, not a single other player in this draft, is going to outwork this kid, Danny Trejo. The 14th overall pick from not far down the road, Cal State Northridge, who absolutely obliterated his brother's own high school central section record for goals in a career. All he did was score 200 goals in his high school career. He got all kinds of awards at Cal State Northridge, all at CSUN, he was the Big West first team player of the year a couple of times, graduated early, just one of those kids. Conference player of the year in 2019, Scarf, as a junior. Just wanted to work and work and work and work and work. And oh, by the way, one of our more famous fans for our first three seasons is, I'll say it's at the real Danny Trejo, but now there's two real Danny Trejos on the club. But the machete actor himself was the one who congratulated Danny Trejo, the soccer player, on becoming a part of the black and gold. I am i don't wear other players' names on the back of my jersey. I just don't. And, and I don't know that, that I'll buy any player's jersey, but I will say this, Philly. Danny Trejo has made me think twice about putting his name on the back of my jersey. I think that would be a cool name to wear. I wish nothing but the best for this kid, the 14th overall pick, Danny Trejo from Mendota and Cal State Northridge. Congratulations and welcome to the black and gold. But Philly, you and I talked about this earlier. That is a large road to travel trying to play striker anywhere on that front line for LAFC. He could stick, though. Again, I venture to say that LAFC would not have wasted their time making a video compilation for him, getting in contact with somebody like the real Danny Trejo, welcoming him the way they did. They didn't really do any of that for any of the draft picks last year, which leads me to believe that this kid does have a shot at a pro contract with us. At the very least, maybe we sign him and we lend him out to, I don't know, potentially a Phoenix, a Las Vegas, or a Tucson like we have with some of our players in the past. I think he could stick, and we're an attacking kind of team. This kid can find the back of the net. He has done so on multiple occasions in every which way, shape, and form, in every level of competition he has played in. One of the only things that might go against him is he's never had any time in an academy. He spent much of his time playing locally, but then again, that didn't stop him from breaking a California record. You don't score 200 goals if you don't have some talent, or unless you're freaking messy playing with sixth graders. Like, there's just no way that can happen legitimately. So I really do think that this kid could stick around. But Scarf, if you want to get the Danny Trejo's jersey, 
Maybe this Danny Trejo doesn't stick, but the real Danny Trejo would stick. So either way, that jersey would be applicable. Yeah, Philly, let's get into the second round pick real quick here. C.C. Uche from Ohio State, or as they like to say it, the Ohio State University. I know that really bothers Philly when you say that. He's got that. Philly, does, does another certain team play against Ohio State in a lot of their uh, athletic competitions? Indiana. There it is. So, yeah, this defender, 6'1", 180 pounds, two seasons as a Buckeye. Duke for two seasons before that. Invited to the U-17 U.S. Men's National Team training camp. He's got a lot of experience with the the under-17 and under-15 and 16 U.S. men's national team. Philly, 6'1", 180, so he's at least tall. Maybe this defender could stick for at least a training camp or so? Quite possibly so. Lord knows we need a little bit more in terms of the back line. At 6'1 and 180 pounds, he's already bigger than a majority of our defenders, with the exception of Jesus David Murillo. He might be an inch taller than him, but he's about 10 pounds lighter than him. So, I mean, that's still a boy playing amongst a bunch of men. We already know that he could fit Cheeky Palacios in his pocket at that size. (laughs) He has a very good shot at sticking around just because of the position he plays, because of the experience he's had, because of his height and build. And another thing I like about him, Scarf, despite the fact that he is a Buckeye, he was born in Queens, New York, like one of your favorite (laughs) people ever. Me! <laughs> yeah, no, that could be good for C.C. Uche. At least he's got a fan in Philly being born from Queens. Speaking of people from places of other people that we're friends with and we love, smooth segues by Philly and the Scarf. Totally smooth. I'm surprised you didn't trip over your lip on that one. Jeebus. I, you know, when we made our third pick, I just couldn't stop and help to think of Al Rate. We miss Al. For those of you guys that don't know, Al Al is with Austin FC now. He is all right, all right, part all of the, right. the Verde revolution over there in Austin, and we wish Al... He's dazed and confused. He is definitely what he is. is. Nothing but the best for our friend Al Ray. Love Al. Alvaro Y'all want to know where we got our jackets from, by the way, because we've been getting a lot of messages about Scarfs and I's thick LAFC jackets. Al Rate is the reason why we have those coats. That's right. So Alvaro Quesada from UC Irvine. Go Anteaters. That's right. (laughs) The UC Irvine Anteaters. LAFC staying local, a 5'9 forward, the pride of Lancaster, California. The kid was an all-Big West honorable mention as a sophomore. He's got... A lot of great accolades in college with UCI, but look, it's going to be tough. It's going to be real tough considering we already picked someone ahead of him in the draft that plays pretty much the same position, Alvaro Quesada from UC Irvine. Look, looking forward to seeing how he plays, There, there's always a shot, right? Quadwo Poku came out of nowhere. Danny Wasowski came out of nowhere. We have seen some players make an impact on the LAFC roster as a whole, coming from relative obscurity. So these guys, we wish nothing but the best, Philly, for our 2021 draft picks. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Training camp's right around the corner, as is the season, so we will see who sticks around. But let's get into a different world. And that different world is a virtual world as opposed to the real world that we were talking about. In terms of virtual world, we are talking about Fortnite. Scarf, do you play Fortnite? Okay, so I play, I don't play Fortnite. I, I've played Fortnite because I teach middle school. And, and, and you hang out now, with one, too. I, I do also <laughs> hang out with a middle schooler directly to my left here in beautiful Philly Monster Studios. Schmitty McMittens. No, that would be you. Fortnite Bite is you. huge. 
with my middle schoolers that that and you know Minecraft and Among Us I think are the three biggest things that they are doing right now. Well, according to LAFC.com, starting today, players can choose from 10 different variants of a new kickoff set of outfits to represent some of their favorite soccer clubs in the game. Each outfit can be swapped to any of the 23 football clubs participating, including LAFC. It doesn't matter the other teams that are in there, because if you're listening to this, you're going to get your LAFC kit in Fortnite. And there's two new emotes, which is super fun. Have you guys seen all the fun celebrations and everything that some of these soccer players do? Pele's air punch is the cool one. There's also a fancy footwork one, but they're bringing Pele into the game, which I think is incredible. And on Thursday of last week, fans had the opportunity to win a free skin. But if you didn't, and you're listening to us now, go download that skin from Fortnite. All the cool kids are doing it. My middle schoolers may be sporting some LAFC gear in Fortnite now. And Philly, rounding out the podcast. That's right. It's going to be a relatively short podcast even with mistakes we're at 33 minutes and 15 seconds we might break a record i love it i can't wait for the uh the editing we might get right near 30 minutes but philly our boy remy is back at it again remy feel free to follow us on instagram or twitter yeah we only promote you a great deal we love you so much nycfc is the number one team after the first round of emls competitions but philly moving on up Remy Martin. Yeah, he moved up four spots. He was originally ranked 11th. He crept up to lucky number seven. And from what we heard, he had a strong league series performance. But he finished outside of the top eight and was edged out by a familiar foe, Alexander, on a tiebreaker. However, it's been stated that he is a player to watch for the league series two competitions. He jumped up four spots, he jumps up another four spots, and Lord knows at that point, that puts him in the top five. So can Remy Martin be the difference maker in this tournament? Can he be the unsung hero to to completely dethrone NYCFC? I'll tell you what, NYC underscore Chris from NYCFC. I'm not angry that he beat somebody that represented the New Jersey Energy Drinks. I would like Remy Martin to obviously beat them all, but we shall see. Keep your eyes on him. There was only one competition thus far. He was going to get on the sticks and hopefully climb up in the rankings. Another four, preferably six more spots. Shout out to your boy, Alex Sale, the who, 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 sure. There it is. We love Alex, and we know he's putting in a lot of hard work with LAFC Gaming. Unfortunately, the rain today derailing their stream of the activity for League Series 2 play today. But we love Remy, and we hope that he does very well for the EMLS Gaming Philly, the first episode of 2021, a little bit shorter than most of our episodes will likely be here in 2021, but we cannot wait for the goings-on for the next couple of weeks or so, some huge developments happening in the world of Defenders. Everybody, get your popcorn ready because Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast on earth, is going to be the place for all of your LAFC news and notes, some cool merch and apparel, all kinds of fun stuff going on with the Defenders of the Bank, Philly and the Scarf. You guys know we love you very much. We cannot wait to see what happens in 2021. Philly and I are predicted already. We're winning MLS Cup. I mean, there's that. We know that that's happening. But it's all Scott the other Stradamus fun stuff. is already one for one. Why the heck not? Buy I'm, your lottery tickets. Or if not, you know what? Don't. I'm going to buy mine and I'm going to win. Let's I'm one for one so far. Danny Trejo, welcome to the club. And you guys know 
how we like to end all of our podcasts, whether it's 2019, 2020, 2021, or 2055, when we're still going to be doing this as loyal <laughs> members of the Black and Gold Faithful. That's my premonition. Oh, my goodness. You guys know how I like to end all of our podcasts. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.